Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Noah Alvarez here with another episode of My Mike and I. Again, just a reminder, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week thus far. Hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. I know a handful of the listeners of this show are college students, so I want to wish best of luck to you guys in your finals. It's towards that season, graduation season, and congrats to all the graduates. You know, while I'm scrolling through Instagram over the past few weeks, I'm seeing a lot of graduation photos from my friends over at Sac State. It's pretty cool, a very, very important time of the year, especially for those first generation of graduates. Truly an exciting moment. Hope you guys cherish that for the rest of your lives. Speaking of moments that I'll cherish for a lifetime, I became a godfather for the first time. Officially, last Sunday, on Mother's Day, ironically, uh, my cousin, who's about nine years old, he actually chose me to be his sponsor, to be his godfather, and so we did his first communion. It was a very exciting moment, very, very memorable moment for me, and I'm really excited for this new journey. You know, I was raised up Catholic, and I had a lot, I had three great padrinos in my lifetime, and they kind of were mentors for me. They introduced me to new things, taught me very valuable life skills. So I'm really excited to be a mentor for my cousin, who's about to be nine years old. Uh, really excited for this new journey in my life. Now, before we get on to this week's show, I do want to do something new here on the podcast, something that I haven't done before, but I used to do on my radio show back when I was at KSSU. But I do want to start sharing a quote, a motivational quote at that to begin the show because I'm a person who likes to help people. I think that's one of the coolest part of my job. I work with kids in an after-school program in the Garden Grove. Uh, and for those of you who don't know Garden Grove, it's a lower socioeconomic community. And I like the ability of being able to help these kids, being a mentor, because a lot of them don't have good mentors in their life, teaching them valuable life lessons. And every once in a while, I, I really do have a moment at work where you teach a kid something and a few days later, a few weeks later, a few months later, they really thank you for it or you see them change and you see them grow right before your eyes. So it's a really cool moment and that's why I really want to start incorporating some motivational quotes just to help people of all ages, no matter who's listening to this to this podcast, whether you're you know in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or you're you know a kid listening to this. So the quote for this week's show, good things come to those who believe, better things come to those who are patient, and the best things come to those who don't give up. So, on to this week's show. I'm really excited to announce that I have a special guest on this week's show. Her name is Moran Johnson, and I met Moran Johnson through my time at Sacramento State. She was a basketball player for Bunky Harkle Road, coach of the women's basketball team. And while I was a sports director at KSSU, I had the opportunity and the chance to broadcast a lot of her games, and while writing for the State Hornet, I believe I interviewed her a few times, but you know, even after I graduated, we kept in contact, we followed each other on social media, but you know, kept in touch very minimally, minimally. and she was a grade younger than me, so I you know, followed her college career uh, after she graduated from Sacramento State. She went on to go play at Anagenesis, a team in Cyprus. And for those of you who don't know, Cyprus is a small island off the country of Turkey. So it's in the Mediterranean, all the way over there in Eastern Europe. Completely different lifestyle. And we talk about her journey, not only to, but at Sac State. 
You know, she started as a walk-on and she finished her career as a very accomplished basketball player at Sac State. Finishes in the top 10 in a lot of different categories. She's also the all-time steals leader, all-time leader in three-pointers made, three-points attempted. So very accomplished basketball player coming out of college, but she talks about the difficulties of trying to play professionally after college. She also talks about her life overseas, some of the food that she tried as well. So we talk about a little bit of her daily life while at Cyprus, and then we also talk about what's next for her in her career. So again, I'm really excited about this conversation. I always think it's pretty cool to have a professional athlete on the show, and I'm definitely gonna try and get as many athletes as I can, whether they're college or at the professional level, just so we can get some different ideas, different viewpoints. Again, I'm Noah Alvarez, and hope you enjoy the conversation I had with professional basketball player Moran Johnson. So before we get started, Moran, I just want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to go ahead and chat with me. Before I get onto what you're kind of going through right now in your present career, I kind of wanted to take a step back and kind of find out how you ended up at Sac State. I know you played at Deer Valley High School and you were a walk-on at Sac State, but how did that journey come about? Um, so it was a very frustrating and overwhelming um, process only because my back in high school when I was a junior is when I found out that I was supposed to um, be enrolled in the, L- the NCAA Eligibility Center. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that that was a step that was mandatory in order to, you know, talk to college teams. And so I was already kind of behind on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I found out, I signed up as soon as possible. And then um, another obstacle that I faced was my senior year of high school when I was told that I couldn't receive a scholarship from Sac State because um, academically I wasn't eligible. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so when I went to my counselor to discuss what the pro- what the problem was, you know, um, I basically found out that I was, I lacked one more semester of um, science. Oh, okay. Dang. And it was my last semester when I found out. So I really had to beg. Um, well, it was like the quarter. So they did the quarter system. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like beg um, the science teacher to let me in his class. And I was telling them my um, situation. And I was a, I got enrolled to that class maybe a few weeks of it already being kind of like a class, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't like everyone was already way ahead of me. And I was a senior with in a classroom full of younger, you know, students. And so that was also something that was a little tough for me and frustrating for me to accept. Mm-hmm. But um, I got through it and um, Bunky, you know, the coach at Sac State, he told me if I buckle down and become eligible academically, 
then, um, you know, he'll give me my scholarship. And so I buckled down and I focused on my, my, um, my studies and mm-hmm. I really pushed myself to the limit of, you know, just uncertainty because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I ended up overcoming that obstacle. And then, um, but I ended up talking to Bunky after I graduated and he told me to come on as a walk on and to just prove myself mm-hmm. academically. Um, and then my sophomore year, I will be able to receive my full scholarship and I was able to do that. So okay. yeah, it was definitely a difficult transition for me. There you go. Are you a first generation college graduate? Say that one more time. Are you a first generation college student? Like, is this, are you the first person in your family to go to college? Um, I'm the first one to graduate from a four year yet. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, I'm the same way in my family and I know it's kind of difficult for me in high school. Yeah. I had to go to the, I had to go to the junior college first because I didn't know mm. the certain deadlines for a four year university. I had the grades and everything, right. but no one in my family has been to college. I'm, you know, first generation Mexican American. So it was just kind of tough for me. I had to go to junior college route first. Saved a lot of money. Right, and, and, yeah. right, and not, you know, not having anybody that has experienced that um, process, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to figure out things kind of on your own, you know? Yeah, learn like, on the my fly. My parents didn't know any of, you know, the things that I had to do until they came up. Right. Yeah, so it's a little difficult. Yeah. So did you have any other offers from schools, or was Sac State and Coach Bunky the only kind of college you were talking with? Yeah, sorry, I didn't really cap on that. Um, so I was talking to a few teams. Um, I know I was getting a few letters. I got a letter from Washington, um, Arizona, Arizona State. Um, and then I was getting a few from I – got, I got one from um, Humboldt mm-hmm. um, University, and then I was getting a few calls from, like, D2s. But I always knew I didn't want to. I always knew I wanted to play at a D one. Okay. And I also, also had, um, you know, coaches contacting me from JCs. But the D ones that I was talking to, or any of the teams that I was talking to, they always ended up kind of falling back and like not communicating with me of what was going on. You know, they asked me for my information, and then I would give it to them. And then I wouldn't hear anything. Okay. And Sac State was the only school that told me the reason they couldn't, you know, continue this scholarship process is because I wasn't eligible. Okay. And so I always respected, yes, Sac State for doing that for me because I would have never known. That's nice. Yeah, they were upfront with you. That's that's kind of surprising that none of the other colleges would do that. Yeah, I was really surprised. All right, so flat, fast forward to your, you know, you're starting your career at Sac State for playing the playing basketball. And Coach Bunky, Bunky Harkerode, for those listeners who don't know, he has a very fast-paced style, a lot of full-court press, a lot of, you know, running up and down the court. Was that style of basketball an adjustment for you? Um, so my dad and I always used to talk about this, you know, when I, first, when I came for the, um, the visit. Mm-hmm. We, my high school was kind of the same thing as Sac State. It was push, you know, up-tempo, beat the t- other team down, 
um, defense, both defense and offense. Mm-hmm. And we always, you know, had fresh legs on the court. And so it was definitely, it was definitely an adjustment, you know, because it's an upper level. But the speed and like the strategies that Bunky um, incorporated in his, you know, style of play mm-hmm. just kind of matched what I've been, you know, accustomed to kind of. Mm-hmm. And so in that aspect, it wasn't too different. It was more so like, oh, this is a perfect fit for me. Oh, wow. It does sound like, sense. yeah, sounds like a match made in heaven for you guys. Right. Yes, it was perfect. So just to kind of list off some of your accomplishments, you end your career you know, ranking pretty high in a lot of the categories at Sac State. First in, um, first in program history with three-pointers made, attempted, also first in steals. How does that feel to leave that kind of legacy to start as a walk-on and then kind of finish in the top five, top ten in so many different categories? Um, You know, it's, it's definitely humbling. And it just, it kind of just, you know, proves the point of, that anything is kind of possible, mm-hmm. you know, and anything is attainable as long as you put your mind to it. Um, and so I think the label of being like a walk-on, it's I, technically I was a preferred walk-on right? because they wanted to give me the scholarship, but, you know, I couldn't. They mm. couldn't. But with that being said, you know, I was, I was able to still present myself in a way that kind of, shined on the idea of me being a walk-on you know so that kind of also amplifies everything but it definitely was it was definitely humbling and a blessing yeah and I but I couldn't have done it you know without all the teammates that I had within the years Mm -hmm. the four years and then the coaching you know of course there you go so just to kind of before we go ahead and jump to your professional career but what were some of your most memorable moments, if you could like list a few or you know a handful, of uh, while playing basketball at Sac State? Uh, the most memorable, um, I would probably say my freshman year mm-hmm. at Sac State, only because it was you know um, the best season that Sac State has ever you know um, experienced. Mm-hmm. And it was also a, a blessing that I was able to be a part of that. You know, we made it to the um, WNIT, mm-hmm. um, and we lost to St. Mary's, but it was a really good game. And so that game would always be memorable for me. And um, I would say just the overall experience, you know, like there's always ups and downs. Mm-hmm. With every sports team, you know, any organization that you become a part of, there will always be obstacles that you need to face and adversity. But I was really humbled and just happy at the fact that I was surrounded by a bunch of wonderful women who also, you know, helped mold me to the person I am today. Mm-hmm. And as well as the coaches, um, so it's all just very, you know, it's just it's, it was just an amazing experience to reminisce on, and just um, know every you know all the battles that 
I got through and the hardships that we all got through as a team, mm-hmm. as, um, you know, and that's including the coaches, you know, and um, when our assistant coach, Kim, you know, uh, transferred over to be a head coach back where Bunky coached okay, was also something that was um, a transition, you know, because I came in and we all kind of got used to Kim. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one year it was just she's leaving. But she was also a good part of the experience as well. That's and awesome. So. so after graduation, what were some of the challenges – you were faced with and finding a new team to play for a new league or trying to go pro? Uh, um, it was very tough for me to find a team um, only because I, w- I knew I was going to be a rookie, you know, obviously. And so agents and coaches, you know, they will prefer someone that's a little more experienced. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And, you know, regarding my um, accolades, that the things that I accomplished at Sac State mm-hmm. weren't as amplified as, as they could have been only because of the season that we had. Mm. And then um, as well as individual statistics and stuff, my statistics were there. But I think due to the ranking that my team got made the conference look at my individual my individual accomplishments kind of as like a less valued mm-hmm. statistic, I guess I can say. And so the conference, you know, after my season, I didn't really get – I didn't get acknowledged. Um, by the Big Sky Conference, which was a little frustrating, you know. But at the time, I was upset because I didn't get acknowledged. But at the end of the day, I didn't realize that it was kind of going to be more of an issue knowing that I wanted to continue my basketball career. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you talk to agents, they want to know everything that you've done, like, um, if you were first team in the conference, you know, um, how far your team got, um, your shooting percentages and all of that. And my percentages were fine, like I said, but the conference within itself kind of made my success a little l- less than what it was, right. if, that, if that makes sense. And so I didn't really know how to – you know, reach out to certain agents. I was messaging a few of them. Mm -hmm. And then I met um, this agency who was willing to help me. And he seemed very um, persistent. And he seemed like he was going to find me a team, you know, relatively soon. Uh And so I kind of signed with him quick because I didn't really know the process. Right. And so um, that also backfired on me because after I signed with him, it didn't seem like he made me a top priority like he was before I signed with him. Oh, okay. Yes. And so 
you know, you're not supposed to talk to anybody else when you're signed with somebody. And so I couldn't reach out to any other people. And me and this agent will go weeks without communicating, mm-hmm. you know, who, what team he's talking to, who he's marketing me to. And so I was always just out of the loop. Wow. And so um, I would wake up almost every morning and cry just because I thought basketball was over for me, you know, and I wanted to experience the overseas lifestyle uh-huh. because I thought it would just, it would just be remarkable, you know, and just um, something to say that I did, you know, as a young woman, you know, and, uh, and so I would just, I was super devastated. And then my, um, a friend of mine, she went to former teammate actually. She went to Sac State, mm-hmm. Fantasia Hilliard. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, she recommended me to this other agent, you know, and I started discussing with him, and he was telling me how it shouldn't be hard to find a team at all, you know, with my accomplishments and my resume. Mm-hmm. And so, um, after a month of talking and communicating with him, he found me a team. Mm-hmm. And that was in Cyprus, and so I was, you know, I was, I was happy, and I just those dreadful tears ended up turning into happy tears because I just seen my dream kind of unfolding, you know, mm-hmm. right before my eyes, and so that was that process, and it was definitely something. Man, it was it was tough. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a pretty, pretty much of a, a pretty big roller coaster ride throughout that summer process. Yes, definitely. So you played for the team in Cyprus, and I believe it is it pronounced Anagenesis. Um, Anayenesi. Anayenesi. The G is yeah, the G is silent. Okay, Anayenesi. What was that yes. experience like playing overseas in Cyprus for Anayenesi, and you know, getting to meet some of the players playing overseas and traveling and whatnot? Um, it was, like I said, you know, it was very, um, it was an amazing experience. Um, the team that I was put on was very welcoming and, you know, opened arms and just loving. And they treated me like family, mm-hmm. you know, and they became my family out there and they were who I turn to when I needed certain things you know the coaches were all very understanding and you know with regarding the language barrier they they spoke um, pretty well English mm-hmm. and so I can understand them you know and they can understand me but the I was on a small island um, Cyprus is a small island outside of Turkey Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was really beautiful. Everybody out there um, was just amazing, and it was for it being my first experience. It was, it was unbelievable, and I'm gonna take you know that experience with me forever, and I'm gonna just remember. And I, you know, I still keep in touch with the team now. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I plan on going back to visit. I think it's going to be amazing to just see them again and see, 
you know, where life takes us. Okay. But it was it was definitely an amazing experience. That's awesome. So playing in Cyprus, did you get to travel and play other teams in Europe, or was it just mainly in that island of Cyprus? Um, yes, it was just the island. Um, so there weren't many women teams. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, eight, and it was some of some of the men's team didn't have a women's team. Okay. And so that's why, yeah, it wasn't that many. But we we played each team um, twice. Okay. But we never traveled outside of Cyprus. And were there any, like, cultural shock challenges? Maybe, you know, if, whether it's the time zone, the food, um, anything that you kind of struggled with over there being overseas in a different country? Um, the, time, the time difference was definitely a struggle for me. Only because um, they are 10 hours ahead, you know, of America. Mm-hmm. And so when I first got out there, it was it was a struggle for me to, you know, um, be awake during their daytime. Yeah. Because it would be nighttime over here in America. And so I just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to sleep when I would, when I was out there until maybe 7am, 8am. Oh, wow. You know, and yeah, it was just an adjustment. Um, and then also just not being able to talk to, you know, family and friends and, you know, just because of time alone. Um, and regarding the food, the food was amazing. My team, my teammates would take me to, um, you know, these little <clears throat> um, taverns. Okay. And it, yeah, it was. It was amazing. I loved their food, and they talked me into trying new things. I'm not one to try new <laughs> things, and when I when I first went out there, I told I told a few of them that you guys aren't gonna make me try anything new <laughs> oh, because wow. I don't, you know, I just I get nervous, you know, and so. Um, but as time went on, they convinced me to keep to to try it, and so. I was open to it, and I didn't regret my decisions at all. There you go. What was one of yeah, the wackiest? Awesome. What was one of the wackiest things you got to eat over there? Uh, the wackiest, like um, as in as a negative thing, or like crazy. Just crazy. Like, what was most the most bizarre thing that you okay. thought you would never eat? Um, they had. I can't think. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, it's called, it was. It was. Was it? No, it wasn't that. Um, they made this cheese. Um, and they like fried it into like this little. I can't remember the name of it. Okay. But it it was really it was weird, and I didn't know it was cheese because it was kind of like shaped. It was shaped like a um, beef patty, mm-hmm. but just a little smaller size, you know, and it was like rounded and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my team told me to try it and they're like, it's cheese. And I said, That's, that doesn't look like cheese. I've never <laughs> seen, seen cheese like that. Usually, you know, I, well, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that. Uh-huh. And so it was, it was different. 
but when I tried it, it was it was amazing. And at the tavern that I had, they put um like this syrup this syrup uh type of uh like topping on it. Okay. And it like it was oh. I can't even explain to you how amazing it was. Wow. <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah, I definitely loved it. Sounds very yummy. What were what was like a what was like a typical Cyprusian or I don't know how you would say that, but what's a typical dish that you eat in Cyprus like on a regular basis? Um, they're um yiddos. Okay, yiddos. Um, it was yeah, I was. Those were also unbelievable. Um, and so that was kind of like their cultural foods that they eat mm-hmm. and they would eat the cheese and then they would have um they would also make um like meat kebabs okay <clears throat> yeah and then they would have pita bread on the side and so like that was like that was the typical you know cultural dish there you go so after the season ended in cyprus what was kind of your plan because i know you kind of moved back home to the states and mm-hmm. What what was your what was the next step for you after playing professionally one season? So I wanted to, you know, just continue playing basketball and I'm still communicating with my agent and right now it's still a little early. Mm-hmm. You know, to find teams and stuff. But I'm just, you know, I'm kinda just I I expected to come back and train, stay in shape, and uh, heal up a little bit because I'm coming off of some really bad knees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I'm struggling with that, but I just plan on seeing, you know, what my agent is going to present to me next and to see, you know, how far I can uh, go with this basketball stuff. I'm also planning on uh, getting into some individual training because mm-hmm. um, I have been debating if I'm going to take a year off of uh, going overseas because of my knee. Um, and so I'm still going to be training myself, though, and, you know, I'm keeping in shape just in case, you know, the following season I get a call and I can go play somewhere, you know. Um, but right now I'm focusing on... I'm starting this skills training and it's, you know, I just want to, um, I want to, I want to help, you know, kids who want to, who are passionate for the game, you know, and just teach them, you know, how I, what I was taught when I was growing up yeah, well, that's and just a- share my knowledge with the game, you know. That's awesome to hear. Are you going to do it based in Sacramento or in your hometown of the East Bay? Or, you know, go ahead and plug that if you want to. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing it from Sacramento as well as the Bay Area, just depending on my clientele. Because mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know, driving because I am, I am going to be home, but I'm also going to be in Sacramento because they're both kind of my homes now. Yeah you know, both cities, and so um, if I can find, you know, some clients in Sacramento, you know, I'll work with them while I'm in Sacramento, and then if I have some clients in the Bay Area, I'll be able to, you know, work with them as well when I'm out here. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, um, it's going to be called MJ Skills Training. And I'm creating, you know, some T-shirts now. And I'm uh, going to be getting all my business cards. And I've been talking to a few people already. And so I just, you know, I'm just taking it step by step. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. That sounds like a pretty exciting new journey ahead of for you. Um, yeah, definitely. Just recently this past year, I mean, growing up, I played a lot of sports and football was the one I knew most, I liked the most, and I played the most. And in this past mm-hmm. year, I got to coach, you know, flag football for the first time at, at my work with some middle school oh, age wow. kids. And, you know, definitely I never knew how much of a reward that would be because, you know, you put so much time yeah. in as a former player and, you know, obviously when you get older to a certain point, you can't play it anymore. But to give what you right. to give that knowledge back to the youth mm-hmm. and just even if it's, you know, lesson on the field, off the field, it's cool to give you it puts into perspective how important it is to have yeah. you know, good role models and good Definitely. coaches at the youth level. Yeah, very impactful. And you really never know how much you impacted young kids, you know, until you do it. Mm-hmm. And then you really sit back and you just, you feel rewarded within yourself, you know, because it's just, you're helping, you're helping others, you know, chase what you were chasing. Mm-hmm. And so you see that passion and you just want to help, you know? That's, yeah, that's great. What were, who were some of the mentors that helped you get to where you are right now in life? Um... I would say, you know, uh, my family has been very supportive. Um, But, like, as an individual, I would probably just say my dad overall. Mm -hmm. You know, because he's the one who kind of introduced me to the game. And, you know, ever since I was younger, he always told me, you know, to just keep going. You know, never give up. And to just set a bar for yourself and reach it you know and so with all these you know that we've recently um discussed about you know all the hardships and the um adversity that I was faced with Mm -hmm. I was able to like look adversity in the face and be ready for whatever it throw you know whatever it threw throw at me Mm -hmm. and so um I would just have to like, give my dad a huge thanks, you know, because I definitely wouldn't be the type of woman that I am mm-hmm. without him. And so I would say he was probably the most impactful on this whole journey. That's great to hear. Now, before I let you go, I do like to do this thing where I play kind of a word association game where I throw a word to okay. you and you just kind of throw me back the word that first comes to your head. Does it sound simple enough? <laughs> okay. Yes, I'll try. <laughs> All right. First one, I'll start kind of easy. Sac State. Um, basketball. <laughs> Coach Bunky Harkerode. Um, uh, Coach Bunky. I would say... I don't know. You you gotta love your coach and you gotta hate your coaches sometimes. <laughs> like you know, it's like a roller coaster with the coaches. Okay, maybe <laughs> maybe roller coaster. 
Yeah, roller coaster. Okay, yeah, there you go. I was gonna say up and down. Mm-hmm. But roller coaster is better. Okay, there you go. Um, next one, Cypress. Uh, beautiful. There you go. Your hometown of Antioch. Uh, Antioch. Um, I would just probably affiliate, I would just probably associate that with you know home. Okay. You know, just yeah. LeBron James. Overrated. Oh, there you go. That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan. Um, the greatest of all time. There you go. The goat. So the goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the goat. Steph Curry. A shooter. The WNBA. Ooh, the WNBA, I would associate that with uh, the word dream. What was that? The word dream. Oh. Do you watch the WNBA by any chance? Um, I do sometimes. But, you know, they don't really um, promote it as much. And so I never really know when it's coming on. I have to um, usually catch up on games oh, okay. on my phone. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm never able to watch them live. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an issue or a struggle for them to kind of promote their games and get, grow a fan base because they're kind of inconsistent and don't advertise it. I know they're starting to now more and more with, you know, during the NBA yeah, they're season. Definitely, they're definitely going into that um, transition of, you know, advertising them more. Mm-hmm. All right, last two for the word association game. Um, UConn women's basketball. Ooh. Determined. Okay, there you go. I would say. And yeah. then last one, basketball. Ah, love. Oh, there you go. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good one to end on. Well, Moran, just want to thank you again for, you know, sparing your time with me to hop on, record a podcast, and um, I wish you nothing but the best in your future. Oh, thank you so much, Noah. Yeah. It was it was a pleasure, and thank you for having me. Of course, thank you. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation I had with Moran Johnson. I'm Noah Alvarez, your host to my Mike and I podcast. A reminder, this podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, if you like this podcast, would really appreciate it if you shared it with a few friends of yours. Let us know what you think about it by leaving a review. Exciting for some of the content that we have coming out on this show. And if you want to follow me on Twitter for more sports and hip-hop takes, you can follow me at underscore Noah Alvarez, my name spelled out. Other than that, guys, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. This is Noah Alvarez signing off.